0: Transcribe. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell brings you mystery adventure. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking.
1: What? Oh, Fritz. Yeah, I thought it was the outside line. Yeah? Yes, thanks. I'll be right down, Fritz. Boss, Mr. Wolf, will you please hurry?
2: You're well aware that will avail you nothing to hurry me. Why, Mr. Wolfe be in such a rush today?
1: But the car, it's downstairs waiting. Fritz is all ready.
2: Let him wait. Isn't it enough that I've agreed against my better judgment to leave the comforts of home to go rushing through the crashing traffic of the city?
1: To a dinner. That should be an inducement.
2: Fritz could have prepared a delicious dinner. He has truffles in the pantry.
1: Well, why did you promise Arthur Merle? You didn't have to accept the invitation.
2: Quite so. He's an old friend. Besides, he does set an excellent table. It's just that I don't like the traffic.
1: Traffic? (laughs) I know why. It's that awful oxygen in the atmosphere outside. It's not the traffic.
2: Archie, you're talking much too much.
1: I know, boss. I'm impatient. Would you mind giving me some slight indication that you intend to move from that chair? Just as soon as I finish this beer. Sure you wouldn't care for half a dozen sandwiches before we go to dinner? If we were going anywhere other
2: than to Arthur Merles, I'd agree with you. He's the only person in the world I know of, except myself, of course, who has a proper appreciation and respect for the art of preparing good food. (laughs)
1: usually refer to this story as the case of the final page. Under normal circumstances, the last page of a manuscript would be absolutely worthless unless you read all the preceding pages. But in this instance, the final page held the answer to a murder. Without that page, we couldn't arrive at the solution. Actually, we didn't even know the problem. Anyhow, I finally got Nero Wolf to the lobby of Arthur Merle's apartment building. Going up. Going up.
3: up. please. Are you going up, gentlemen?
1: Are you, honey?
3: Certainly. It's my job.
1: Then so are we. After you, boss. When did they install women elevator operators in this building?
3: I've been here for two years. Floor, please.
1: Arthur Merle's apartment, I believe. It's 814.
3: That's right. Are you Mr. Wolf? Uh
1: no, this is Mr. Wolf. I'm Archie Goodwin.
2: Although the name Wolf would be much more appropriate for him than for me. How did you know he was Mr.
1: Wolf?
3: Mr. Merle came in half an hour ago.
2: He mentioned that he was expecting you. You see, Archie, you rush me unnecessarily. We practically preceded him here. And we'll probably have to wait interminably
1: for dinner. I just hate to be late.
2: Arthur Merrill has never been on time in his life. He's no more punctual than any other writer. He's never been known to meet a deadline on
1: time.
3: This is your floor, gentlemen. Arthur Merle is just down the hall to the right, 814.
1: Uh, thank you. And uh, by the way, I want to compliment you on your congenial attitude, miss. I'll speak to the management.
3: Oh,
1: thank you, sir. Decent of you. Uh, what's your name, huh? Women are usurping everything. Really cost to live here. Merle's
2: really in the chips. Every book he writes sells a million copies. Remember the last time we had dinner with Arthur Merle? I do. Delicious. Mountain Quail shot them himself.
1: Yeah, he's quite a marksman.
2: Archie, such proficiency as Arthur Merrill
1: displayed in hunting
2: is evidence of a wasted life.
1: Sure, he probably never made over $500,000 a year in his whole life.
2: Well, ring again. Don't just stand there.
1: Surely he's expecting us. The elevator operator said he was? Yeah, she seemed quite well informed.
2: If I were a judge of women, which I am not, I'd say she has a line on every male in the building.
1: She can get a line on me anytime she wants.
2: Archie, your insatiable interest in the female seems sometimes to border on the psychopathic.
1: You know a more pleasant way to go crazy? Phew. This stranger's a light on in there. I can see it under the door. Shall I try the door?
2: Do so, Archie. Thank you.
1: Mm. Unlocked.
2: Well, at least we can get in. He may be in the bedroom.
1: Probably in the kitchen.
2: I'll just sit here. <clears throat> I must forgo the comforts of my own home. I certainly intend to avail myself of the comforts of Arthur Merle's. Hmm.
1: Very much over decorated. You wouldn't like heaven unless they had orchids and beer.
2: Hmm. Not a chair in the place worthy of the name. Well, I'll try that divan while you have a look around.
4: For what?
2: Arthur Merle, of course. Suppose you have a look in the study. Maybe writing. Have a look, my boy. I'm exhausted and thirsty. See if he has any... Boss! Boss! Good heavens, Archie, don't shout. Uh,
1: I'm coming. It's Arthur Merle.
2: Look, slumped over
1: his desk. A knife in his back. Yeah, he's quite dead. You haven't touched anything. Certainly not. I've been around long enough to know that.
2: Well, you just call Inspector Kramer at homicide.
1: How long do you think he's been dead? I'd say a half hour. From
2: all appearances, yes.
1: And perhaps only ten minutes. I can't understand it. Why would anyone want to kill Arthur Murrow? Everybody liked him. I nice man I'd expect such a thing to happen to. The answer is probably a considerable distance from the question, Archie. Inspector Kramer, homicide. Archie Goodwin, Inspector. Just a minute, Narrow Wolf wants to speak to you. No
5: start up something on
1: a night like this. It's ten below zero. I'm sorry. Here you are, boss. Hello,
2: Inspector. Yes?
1: What is it this time, Wolf? Find a dead body under Grant's (laughs) tomb?
2: I'm sorry you'll forgive any apparent failure to find humor in your little witticism, but I'm at Arthur Merle's apartment. I suggest you come here at once. Seems that Arthur finally met a deadline.
5: So you just walked in here and found Merle dead, huh?
2: We were invited here for dinner. Hmm.
5: Anyone else around when you got here? No. You see anyone, Goodwin? Only the elevator operator who brought us up. Well, Mr. Wolf, since you were in on the ground floor, maybe you've got some ideas.
2: Sorry, Inspector. Had I been able to solve the crime so soon, I would have advised you, Inspector.
5: <clears throat>
2: yeah. Well,
5: it's obviously murder.
2: Obviously.
1: You knew him well?
2: Quite well.
1: Ever know of his being in any trouble? No. Everybody liked him. Arthur Merle, I felt, didn't have an enemy in the world. Is that so?
5: I don't think anybody pulled this as a little friendly gesture.
2: Don't jump to conclusions, Inspector. That this murder was committed necessarily by an enemy of Merle's. Meaning? It could have been an absolute stranger. A woman? Or a burglar, or a madman, or a crank, or... As far as we know, it could have been anybody in the city, Inspector. I've been dead nearly an hour. And an hour ago, I was in my own home, sitting comfortably in my own big easy chair, drinking a delectable glass of beer. Someone at the door, Archie.
5: Here, just a minute. I'll answer that.
4: Mr. Merle? No. Uh, Well, is Mr. Merle here? Yes, he's here. But he's not seeing anyone. Well, he's expecting me. I'm from the Serve right Catering Company. We're ready to serve for four here tonight. Their dinner has been canceled. Oh, but it's been ordered. Breast of guinea hen, cooked in wine and cloves. Delicious. It's prepared and waiting. I'm afraid that I must insist on seeing Mr. Mr. Merle. Mr. Merle has been murdered. Well, I'm afraid I must... Uh... Murdered? Well, oh, my goodness, but... Well, in that case, I... Yes, Good evening.
2: Don't you think you might have taken a bit more time with the fellow, Inspector? Why? You might at least have let him serve the dinner. Guinea hand, wine, and clove sounded positively, delectably...
5: Look, I've had dinner.
2: I'm afraid you're too busy, Inspector. So busy that you've just passed up an extremely interesting bit of information.
5: What are you talking about, Wolf?
2: He said he was to serve dinner for four. Well? Arthur Merle, Archie, and myself are only three.
5: Well, who else was supposed to be here?
2: A fourth guest who either hasn't arrived yet or who arrived earlier and left. Oh, I see what you mean, Wolf. Good. In that case, I'll leave you to pursue your deductions from that premise. Archie, will you please stay with the inspector and be of any help that you can? As for myself, I'm going back to my own home, which I should never have left in the first place. (laughs)
5: Okay, that finishes the apartment search, Goodwin. And what have we? Nothing. Except that Merle had over $300 in his pocket. And he was wearing a ring worth a couple of thousand. So it couldn't have been robbery. And I don't think it was premeditated murder. Why not? The weapon. Obviously, if someone had planned on killing Merle, he'd have prepared it better. Used a better weapon than a blunt paper knife. No, as I see it, someone was here before you and Wolf arrived, and for some reason that person found it necessary to kill Merle, and he did it on the spur of the moment. I'm listening. It's obvious. Merle was slumped over his typewriter. The sheet of paper was in it. He'd been working.
1: May I see it? Yeah. Starbreaker. Strange title. Page 189. He was getting well along with his latest mystery. Apparently. Gregory Thorne slipped the paper into his pocket. It was just an ordinary piece of paper, but Gregory knew its value... Used properly, as Greg knew how to use it, it would be worth $100,000. He walked away briskly, and as he...
4: That's all.
1: Yeah, that's all. Must have been writing. No, I'd like to read the rest of it. We didn't find any more of it. Any other ideas?
5: No, at the moment we seem to be right where the murderer himself left off Oh, what is this, open house?
3: Sorry to be so... Oh. Oh, what? I was... I mean, I expected to see Mr. Merle. Is he here? Well, who are you? Cynthia Roberts.
5: He expecting you?
3: Well, no. That is... A uh, come
1: on in, Miss Roberts. Thank
3: you. Maybe the young lady
1: is trying to say that he didn't have to expect her. Maybe she felt free to call without advance notice, Inspector.
3: Inspector? Uh,
1: but... What did you want to see Mr. Merle about?
3: I... Well, I'm his fiance. Oh. Had
5: dinner yet, Miss Roberts?
3: Why, yes. I had dinner earlier. Uh, when I... were
5: you last here, Miss Roberts? Put...
3: Last night, after the theater, Arthur and I were... What's the matter? Is something wrong?
5: I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Miss Roberts, but Arthur Merle was murdered. And you say you hadn't talked to Mr. Merle all evening. Is that right, Miss Roberts?
3: Yes, that's right.
5: You didn't have a date with him tonight? Oh, no. Then why did you come here?
3: I told you we were engaged. I... I just came by, that's all. I see. Any more questions, Inspector?
5: None for the present.
1: How about you, Goodwin? Nope. But maybe Wolf. Let me call him.
5: Yes, I guess under the circumstances, we can't very well leave him out. Go ahead.
3: Oh, Austin. I just can't believe it. Why would anyone want to kill him?
5: That, Miss Roberts, is a question we'd all like to know the answer to.
3: Yeah, Wolf speaking.
1: Archie, boss, I'm still at Merle's. We haven't found out anything new except that Arthur's fiancé dropped in a few minutes ago.
2: Did she know anything of interest?
1: I don't think so. What
2: does the inspector plan to
1: do about it? Just a minute. He wants to know what you're going to do with her. Well, hold her, of course. He's going to hold her. Let me speak to him. Okay. He wants to talk to you, Inspector. All right. Hello.
2: Inspector, I suggest you let the young lady
5: go. Are you crazy? I haven't got enough suspects in this deal to be letting the hottest one go free.
2: You can't consider her a suspect simply because she knew Arthur.
5: Now, see here, Wolf. If you go around arresting people at random, you'll suddenly be tipping your hand to the real murderer, admitting that you don't have a real clue to go on. And just what do you suggest?
2: Find a motive, Inspector. Find a motive. Then if you stumble on a suspect, you'll have some basis for making an arrest. At the moment, I suggest that you let the girl go and tell Archie to stop wasting his time down there and come home at once.
1: So that's the story, boss. We went over that place with a fine-tooth comb. Nothing. There's not a single suspect. The last person to see Arthur alive was the elevator girl.
2: Correction, Archie. The last person to see Arthur Merle alive was the person who ended his life.
1: Well, I just can't imagine that pretty little elevator gal. You don't solve crimes by imagination, Archie. Then there's Cynthia Roberts, his fiance. You suspect her? Not exactly, but just suppose she did have a motive. Maybe he threw her over. Wouldn't it have been very clever of her to come back to Arthur's apartment after the police arrived, allegedly looking for it?
2: I thought you were the admirer of the Fair to Six, Archie. So far, the best you can do is practically accuse the elevator girl and Arthur's fiance of murder.
1: Well, who else is there? Certainly the fellow who came with the food doesn't count. I repeat, who else is there? The entire population of the city, Archie. Thanks. Well, that's all I get. Oh, well, there was something else. What? This. Page 189 of what appears to be Arthur's latest novel. It was in his typewriter. As you can see, he just started the page.
2: Hmm. Starbreaker. Very interesting.
1: What's the rest of it? That's all we found. What?
2: And there was something missing. Archie. Yes, boss? First thing tomorrow morning, get the address of Mr. Morton, who publishes Arthur's books. Then get over to see him right away.
3: Yes, may I help you?
1: I'd like to see Mr. Morton.
3: Uh, did you have an appointment?
1: Tell him I'm from Homicide. Uh,
3: ho- oh, yes, sir. Yes? Uh, Mr. Morton, I know you have someone with you, but uh, there's a gentleman here from the Homicide Bureau. He wants to see you.
1: Tell him I work for Narrow Wolf. My name's Goodwin.
3: His name is Goodwin. Send him in. Yes, thank you. You may go right in, sir. The large door to your right.
4: Thanks. Come in, Mr. Goodwin. Come in. I understand you're from Homicide.
1: Not exactly. I'm Nero Wolfe's assistant. We're working with Inspector Kramer.
4: And what can I do for you?
1: You've heard about Arthur Merle.
4: Yes, I received the word when I came in this morning. It was a great shock. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Goodwin. This gentleman is Henry Childs. How do you do, Mr. Childs? Glad to meet you, Mr. Goodwin. You're with Nero Wolfe? I'm his, well, his assistant, Man Friday. Mr. Childs is a publicity agent. He handled all publicity for Arthur Merle. I've not only lost an excellent client, but a very good friend. Did you know Mr. Merle? Yes, I'd met him a number of times with Mr. Wolfe. Yes, indeed. Arthur Merle was a great writer and a fine citizen. He'll be missed by millions. Mr. Goodwin, when was the murder discovered? Last night, shortly before dinner. Well, what did the police, I mean, what do you think the motive was? Don't know as yet, Mr. Childs. A little early for that.
1: Well, it's certainly a shame. I, uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions, Mr. Morton,
4: privately. I hope you don't mind, Mr. Childs. Oh, no, no, not at all. I was about to leave. I'll run along now, Mr. Morton. Uh, see you again soon, Mr. Child. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, Mr. Goodwin, you did a lot of business with Mr. Merle, Mr. Morton? I published every one of
1: his novels for the past eight years. And you intended to publish his new one, the one he was working on? Yes, we had a
4: contract. The usual agreement between you. Naturally, although I didn't know the story. I was always sure that if Arthur wrote it, it was good Mr. Merle's name on a novel was a guarantee that it would sell a million copies. You don't know what this last one was about. haven't the faintest idea. We relied completely
1: on Arthur's judgment. Not even any carbon copies, huh? Not that I know of. Why? When Mr. Merle was killed, the only thing missing from his apartment was the novel. The novel? The first 188 pages. All we found of it were a few lines of page 189 in his typewriter. He must have been working on it when the murderer stabbed him. But the rest of it's gone. You mean, Goodwin, the,
4: the novel's gone? Oh, this will cost me a million dollars.
1: Well, it cost Arthur Merle his life. Arthur Merle
4: dead and his novel gone. I can hardly believe it. Well, thank
1: you, Mr. Morton. Oh, I hope I've been of some help, although I to I'm don't sorry quite... you haven't. But we may call on you again. Before it's over, you may be a great help.
2: Here, yeah, Wolf speaking. Archie, boy. I see. Where do I go from here, boss? See Cynthia Roberts. Oh,
1: then you haven't dismissed the possibility that she may have had something to do with
2: it. Being his fiancée, she probably knows more about Arthur than anyone else. She may know who the fourth guest was to have been last night. And she also may know what Merle's novel was about.
4: Right, boss. I'm anxious to know what the
2: novel was about, too. I personally don't give a hang what the novel was about. What I want to find is someone who does know the story. Because I have a hunch that whoever knows that is the person who killed Arthur Merle.
1: Miss Roberts, I know you want to help us find out who killed Arthur.
3: Oh, yes, of course. I'll do anything.
1: Nero Wolfe and I were invited to have dinner with Arthur Merle last night.
3: Well, I knew he was having friends in for dinner, but I didn't know who they were.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I hoped you'd know whom he invited.
3: No, he didn't tell me.
1: Miss Roberts, we have reason to believe that there was to have been a fourth person there last night. A a fourth? The caterer came to deliver dinner for four. Now, the fourth party never did show up. Or else came earlier and left after Arthur was killed.
3: You mean someone Arthur invited to dinner might have killed him? Maybe. Oh, there's no one that I can think of who bore any ill will toward Arthur. We're
1: convinced that this was done on the spur of the moment. Unpremeditated murder. Arthur Merle suddenly became a threat to someone. Now we've got to find out what the threat was and who was threatened. We'd hoped you could help.
3: I'm sorry.
1: Did he ever discuss his new novel with
3: you? Oh, no. He never talked about his stories until he'd finished them.
1: So his latest mystery contains the answer to an even greater mystery. Unless we find the first, they'll both go unanswered.
2: Morton? Yes. Nero Wolf speaking. Oh,
4: yes. Your man Goodwin was here to see me.
2: I presume you are interested in seeing Merle's murderer brought to justice? Certainly. Arthur was a close friend of mine. And his death cost you a best, sir, I know. Now, would you be willing to help a bit? Why, yes, if I. I prepared a statement for the papers. I want you to call the literary editors first thing in the morning. Here's what I want you to tell them. You got a pencil and paper? Yeah. And take this down. Quote, Mr. Carlton Morton announced today that the last work of the late Arthur Merle will be published according to schedule. Fortunately, it was Mr. Merle's custom to furnish his publishers with carbon copies of each day's work Consequently, with the major portion of his...
1: Boss! Boss! Good heaven, R.G., please don't be so loud. Look here, in this morning's paper, why, that rat, he lied to me, that... that. What on earth are you talking about? That publisher Morton, he said he didn't have copies of Merle's manuscript, that he didn't know what it was about. And, l- and listen to this. Mr. Carlton Morton announced today that the last work of the late Arthur Merle will be published according to schedule. Fortunately, it was Mr. Merle's custom to furnish his publisher with carbon copies of each day's work. Consequently, with a major portion of his latest work, Starbreaker, in the hands of his publisher, together with a complete synopsis, including the denouement, it will be possible for a ghostwriter to complete the novel. It will be published posthumously in proceeds with Boss, did you hear that?
2: I did, and it couldn't have been more to my liking if I'd written it myself. Now, excuse me. I want to make a telephone call. Who? Publisher Morton.
1: Yeah, I'm beginning to see. He lied about the whole thing. I still don't see why he'd kill Merle, but on... Hello, Mr. Morton. This is
2: Nero wolf. Yes, perfect. Now I'll call Kramer, and he and Archie will be waiting for you. Remember now, if anything comes of it, you are to say the manuscript is in the safe in your home, and you steer the party here. Say you've recently rented this place. I hope we'll be seeing you. Yes. Goodbye. Oh, and be careful remember what happened to Arthur. The manuscript is in my desk in the middle drawer. What's it? You mean, Archie, look out of that window.
1: Huh? Yeah? Out
2: there is a city of some five million people. In that five million, there is one who murdered Arthur Merle. Now, we don't know who it is, so we can't go out and put a finger on him. But, Archie, since we can't go to him... They have only one other choice, make him come to us.
1: Will you tell me why we're sitting here in the dark in Wolf's office? Yes, Inspector Kramer. Mr. Wolf promised us a caller. Mr. Morton is to pretend that he's rented this place recently. Well, who's the caller? I'll tell you until he or she gets here. You seem certain he'll come. I'm quite certain. I'm just
5: hopeful. You trying to tell me that Morton killed Merle?
1: You're almost
5: as dense as
1: Archie was. No,
2: Morton didn't do it.
1: Unless Mr. Wolf is very wrong, which is doubtful, before the night is over, Morton will know who did. and it won't be long until we know, too. Uh, you should get on a quiz program. You're so good at guessing games. Shh.
5: Listen,
2: huh? There, yeah, someone's coming. A brilliant deduction, my dear Kramer. I hope there are two of them. Oh. Inspector, behind these drapes. Quick, I'll get behind the screen.
4: All right, Mr. Morton. So far, you've been very cooperative. Just keep it up. I have no intention of doing otherwise. Your gun has me completely convinced, Mr. Child. Get the manuscript. Uh, yes, uh, just a moment. It's in my desk. Wait a minute. I thought you said it was in the safe. A mistake, Mr. Childs. I don't have a safe. Shall I get the manuscript? Yes, but no tricks. You be careful. I'm being exceedingly careful, Mr. Childs. There you are. Oh. Starbreaker by Arthur Merle. Yes, this is it. Thank you, Mr. Morton. Now, I trust that's all you want of me? I'm sorry. I wish that were true. Unfortunately, you see, it's not the actual novel that I want. Oh? My interest in this copy is the same as it was in the original. And that is? That no one should ever learn the content. I take it you know what it's about, then? Yes. You see, Mr. Murrow made the mistake of telling me when I called a bit early at his apartment for dinner last evening. I was forced to deprive him of his life once I learned the storyline of this novel... This story must be kept secret. Why? Most of you people in the publishing business know me as a public relations and publicity agent for several prominent writers. Yes? Actually, I've been as successful as I might in this business. Because a few years ago, I stumbled onto a very neat and foolproof method of blackmail. Unfortunately, Arthur Merle thought of the same thing and based this story on it. If it got out, I'd be exposed and sent to prison. So you can see why I had to stop it, why I had to kill Arthur, and why... Now I'll have to kill you, too. Oh, Child, for heaven's sake. The contents oh, of these pages condemn me. You know what's in them. Further, I've confessed to murder to you. You don't think I could let you live after that, do you? Charles? you're insane. I'm sorry that I must repay you for your trouble in such an ungrateful manner. I'm sorry to do this to you. Charles, Charles please, no.
1: <laughs> sorry, Mr. Charles, It wasn't time to ask you to drop the gun. All right, Mr. Charles, Get your hands up and stay where you are. Nice going, Mr.
4: Morton. Who are you?
2: Had took courage, Mr. Morton. Sorry we had to wait so long, but we had to make Mr. Giles here convict himself. Convict?
4: What do you mean? We've
5: been waiting here for you. Behind the drapes all the time. We heard every word. Mr. Charles, you're
4: under arrest. Police?
2: Yes, Mr. Giles. Only one person could have been so anxious over a copy of that novel. That's the person who killed Arthur Merle for the original. And we heard you confess to that.
1: And that's all we need to convict you. We didn't have any proof until we set it up for you to make a second try to cover up for the first. Fortunately, the setup worked. Setup? Take a look at the rest of the manuscript, Mr. Giles. What? Oh, the front pages are there, all right, but look at the rest. What are
4: Blank. They're just blank pages. You didn't have a copy at all. No,
2: but we certainly got a murderer, eh, hey, Inspector? Giles! Giles! Stop, Giles!
0: Stop!
1: Hey. Well, that's one way to avoid standing
0: trial.
2: Well, Archie, I am glad you and Kramer got trials.
1: Some beer That was a clever scheme, boss, making him think there was a copy.
2: Yes. In a way, though, I wish it hadn't been just a scheme. Meaning? I wish there had been a copy of Arthur Merle's novel.
1: Why? You never read detective stories?
2: No, but I've drummed up so much curiosity over this one, I'd like to know exactly what that blackmail gimmick really was. Good night, Archie. Ah.
0: I've been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolfe, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story by Don Arthur was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman production and is directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Harry Bartell as Archie Goodwin. And Evelyn Eaton, Peter Leeds, Lucille Alex, Monica Keneally, Herb Butterfield, and Bill Johnstone. Next week, at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Telltale Ribbon. Don Stanley speaking. Free chimes mean good times on NBC. There's excitement for you Sunday when talented servicemen compete on The Phil Regan Show. And Sunday on NBC also means another delightful adventure with Cary Grant and Betsy Drake when they star as Mr. and Mrs. Blandings, the proud but bewildered owners of the famous Dream House. The chimes are your invitation every Sunday to Mr. and Mrs. Blandings. Tomorrow, for excitement, hear Herbert Marshall in The Man Called X on NBC.